What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Launching this week on our podcast network is a new show from Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay called Higher Learning. Two times a week, they'll be dissecting the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports, and wade into the most important and timely conversations. The first episode is out now, so make sure to subscribe to Higher Learning with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Howell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we are discussing the world's obsession with Paul Meskel. We're talking Ashley Simpson's SNL hoedown. Yes. <laughs> and we're also discussing the Glee pilot. Guys, mode's back. <laughs> we're all back together via Zoom. So, you know, spiritually back together. We're going to see how this goes, but every time we hear the bell, we have to change topics, no matter how deep in the glee black hole we are. But for now, let's spill tea. All right, first category, Tea Time checks in with... Uh, we've avoided talking about this because The Ringer is covering this show, Normal People, in so many other wonderful, beautiful ways, both on the site and on the Watch podcast. We're here at Tea Time only talking about one specific part of the show, Normal People, which is the main character. His name is Paul Meskel, and the, he has taken the world by storm. People are thirsting after him in quite a unique way. So, Kate, do you want to talk about, in general, just like how the people feel about this character? I will. So I watched Normal People. I know Liz watched Normal People. I think Amelia watched it. If you, Even if you didn't, if you've been online this week specifically, you've seen probably pictures of Paul Meskel just walking around like mm-hmm. the normal guy that he is. He, I would say, doesn't exude Hollywood actor vibes. He's not like the next, you know, GQ cover model necessarily. However, he has a vibe about him that people really got into this week when... He was walking around the streets of, I assume, Ireland in some very short shorts. He had a lot of gin and tonics in one hand. He had just a very bright windbreaker on. He uh, has also been pictured taking a couple runs in just some very short shorts. Mm -hmm. And he's basically the world's newest internet boyfriend. And I, for one, am here for it. Liz, I know you have strong feelings about Paul Meskel. Yes, and ones that I can't really voice on a (laughs) podcast or... uh, for anyone to hear, but um, yes, I agree with how the world feels. Let's just say that. And there's one phenomenon in particular that's really sticking out, which is his chain, like a literal necklace. So in the show, he wears just like a very simple chain and people have latched on to this particular accessory so intensely. There's an Instagram account that has 169,000 followers. That's just about Connell's change. And Connell is the character that he plays. Right. Um, Variety interviewed him. And the, the article title is, Heartthrob Paul Meskel answers all your burning question about Connell's chain. And it's literally just an entire interview, him going through how he picked it out. What, like, what kind of decision was the chain? Where is it now? Very cute sh- story. We should say that part of the reason the chain is so popular is because there are a lot of scenes in Normal People where the chain is the only thing that he's wearing. Whoa. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) I just feel like people would be like, why do people like the chain? That's why people like the chain. That's why it's it's important to say. 
Yes, yes, it is important to say. Um, anyway, really cute little tidbit that he mentioned in this interview was he gave the chain to Daisy, which was his co-star, who's equally lovely, um, as a rap gift. So he's just a lovely, nice guy. <laughs> but yeah, this chain is going absolutely everywhere online. He's even raffling it off now for a charity. Um, and he's raised almost 46,000 euros. So everybody wow. wants it. They do. Hulu even sent it out as like, uh, you know, like they send swag to like TV critics and stuff. Yes. They like sent out chains to reporters. So that was a popular gift. Amelia, I I know I know you have an alternate point of view on Paul Meskel. I do. And I apologize because uh, I would like to read the book first. So I haven't really I know like of it. And I left the book back in Los Angeles and I'm in Minneapolis (laughs) right now. So I probably won't get to it until next year. But um. I've looked at the photos like he seems to have like, you know, a nice body, whatever. But I also feel like I could literally whip my head around, look next door and see like a Paul Meskel. Like, I'm pretty sure I live next door to a kid who not a kid, but like (laughs) next door to a young man who looks exactly like him. And I'm just like, okay, he's like pasty. Cool. Like I get I don't I haven't seen the show, so I don't I can't judge. Don't be rude to pale people. (laughs) I'm sorry. But I'm just like, okay, cool. I don't know. I don't know. I also had this thought, especially before I started watching the show, I was like, people need to chill out. And then even after watching the show, I was like, okay, he was great. He's a good actor. But for some reason, these paparazzi pictures, it's just the vibe that he exudes. He's got like mm-hmm. these goofy, like wired headphones. These Again, these just super short shorts that I guess are just like a European <laughs> trend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just his whole energy just really mm-hmm. works for me. It brings us to the question that I had thinking about him. Do you think this guy's hype would be as big or even bigger if we weren't all quarantining? Because there's articles, of course, where like people were watching normal people on Hulu. Everyone's been alone for a long time. Everyone's feeling a little bit more like in their feelings than usual. And then in comes this like half lovely, half frustrating love story that unfolds over time. And like people really dove into these characters. Do you think that everyone would be thirsting as much if we weren't quarantining? I think so. I think maybe more because. He's not on Jimmy Fallon playing dumb games. Mm-hmm. He's not doing all these photo shoots, all these red carpets. You know what I mean? He missed. I mean, you can only watch so many Zoom interviews with this guy, like as charming as he is. So I think, you know, we missed a profile where he goes to the aquarium with the cut or like, you know, right. there are all these things that, right. that we could have gotten that would have made him more charming beyond just looking at paparazzi pictures of him. But I think we missed out on that. So I do think part of it is that we're bored and we needed a new internet boyfriend. And so we like latched onto him. But mm-hmm. I think we did miss out on on some potential content. I agree. I'm actually very sad that he and his co-star Daisy couldn't do a whole press circuit together. I know they did a lot of press and you guys at Tea Time have been very nice to send me those links of the ones <laughs> where they're in person, in studio, whatever. But recently, like BuzzFeed, Graham Norton Show, Late Show, James Corden, all these other appearances they have to do on a computer. Just that certain je ne sais quoi is just lost, I feel like. Yes, Graham so Norton. True. Get them on the Graham Norton couch. Have Graham Norton <laughs> ask them about filming sex scenes. Like, that's yes. what I want to see. Yes, I agree. <laughs> we missed out. Right, I apologize, Amelia, that you don't feel the same. So we'll move on. <laughs> we'll circle back when you watch. Okay. 
Okay, next category. This week in social media slash not worth the tea. We're starting with some bad news. You guys, I know you all care so much. So Fia Ritchie and Scott Disick have broken up after three years. We've been talking about them a little bit. There is rumors that Scott Disick went to rehab and then he said he wasn't. He just recently celebrated a birthday with Kourtney Kardashian and their kids in Utah. And yeah, they've separated. Apparently, page six reports that she grew fed up with Scott, quote, going back to his old ways, in addition to his relationship with his ex, Courtney Kardashian, which I understand. And then they also reported that, quote, Courtney didn't make it easy for Sophia, which, Oof. like, again, I get. They've got multiple children together, and this, like, young girl comes in. But yeah, they're broken up. Kate, do you feel sad about this? <laughs> I don't. But you know what it just reminded me of that isn't on the outline that I actually think we need to talk about? And I apologize for this. Did you guys see the picture of Khloe Kardashian this week where she made her face look like an entirely different person? Of course we did. Me and Amelia, of course we saw that. (laughs) What is going on? I, it was stunning. (laughs) She looks like, she looks like Denise Richards. Like if you had shown me that picture without the hair and been like, tell me who this person is. Khloe Kardashian would have been like 15th on the list. I know. I feel sad because it's kind of like a dark angle to look at it, but it's true. Her daughter, True, is going to look at these photos. She's not going to look anything like this Photoshop, face-tuned, plastic surgery woman. My favorite, my favorite thing were the celebrities in the comments being like, oh, you're so beautiful. I'm like, come on. I know. You know she doesn't look like that. Anyway. She looks like a different human, you guys. It's egregious. It's wild. We'll tweet out the picture. I'm sorry that I derailed your, uh, so your whatever disick. Honestly, good news for you. There's no more info on this breakup, so we can move on. Kate, take the next one. (laughs) Okay, this is just a uh, a purely like self vendetta that I need to talk about. And Amelia is with me on this, which we we bonded over this this week. So Sarah Ramos posted a picture or excuse me, a video on Twitter this week where, you know, a lot of celebrities have been doing this thing where they're reenacting scenes via Zoom. So like they'll, you know, play one character in their house and another celebrity will play another character in their house. So she posted this with Dylan O'Brien of Teen Wolf, Maze Runner fame. And he's incredible. It's a scene from The Social Network where it's like the final confrontation scene where uh, Andrew Garfield like walks out, quits Facebook, is like, I'm going to sue you. So Dylan O'Brien is playing Andrew Garfield's character and he has tears running down his face. The (laughs) acting is incredible. And I just need to say that Dylan O'Brien deserves our love. Uh, Oh, thank you. When you wrote that, I was like, oh, how... How? How did we have we not talked about this yet? He and again, I know I just talked about how Paul Meskel is like basic Dylan O'Brien or I could look out the other side of my uh, window and see a Dylan O'Brien lookalike living next door too. But I love I him. He's a charming little guy and I loved him in Teen Wolf. He was yeah. great. A great like sidekick character. I find him very attractive in a very weird way. I don't know why, but he's like, just Liz is, Liz is losing it. (laughs) Your face offends me right now. I have Googled Dylan O'Brien now and he looks like the kid in 10th grade who told me I had chubby kneecaps. (laughs) So I'm anti Dylan (laughs) O'Brien for personal reasons. And also in general, he just absolute zero. No, (laughs) not even a one. No. Wow. Wow. No. Um, well, I guess I'm the common denominator here because I think they can both get it. But um, <laughs> Dylan O'Brien is a great actor. He's doing great stuff in this clip and he deserves better. Yes. yes. Wow. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Back to plastic surgery news. I want to spend like a little <laughs> bit of time on this only because I feel so strongly. Okay. 
Justin Bieber and Hailey Bieber are threatening to sue a doctor, a plastic surgeon, who posted a video on TikTok basically looking at two different images of Hailey Bieber's face many years apart and kind of describing what plastic surgery he thinks she's gotten. This video blew up, but videos like this happen all the time. On Instagram, they're filled with before and after photos. I eat this shit I love the before and after plastic surgery things. Anyway, Biebers are taking it very seriously. So they sent him a cease and desist letter. This was obtained by E! News. They're accusing this doctor, his name is Dr. Daniel Barrett, of using Haley's name, image, and likeness to, quote, commercially advertise her plastic surgery practice and to spread false, uncorroborated claims, blah, blah, blah. Also, he used Justin Bieber's song, Sorry. So they're also like getting on him for that. They're taking this way too seriously. Everyone speculates these things, honestly. And he has a point. (laughs) Do you guys have thoughts on this video? I mean, it seems like that. I wouldn't worry about that if it wasn't true. So like, I feel like by them reacting so strongly to this, it kind of gives him some validity. It's true. He was basically said like she got a rhinoplasty. He says, you know, (laughs) pay special attention to the nose. He's like, you know, pointing different things out in these videos. He also claims that she's gotten cheek fillers, lip fillers, jawline contouring, skin tightening procedures. I don't even know what that means. Anyway, he's just trying to talk about and destigmatize plastic surgery and talk about what people may have, have gotten. Biebers are taking it very seriously and are cracking down. Wow. You guys don't care. It's fine. Okay, Kate, keep going. <laughs> hey, we we engaged. We engaged with that. Okay, something else. I just want to talk about this because I feel like I think points need to be made. So we're very anti certain kinds of tattoos and historically on this podcast. Uh, we've talked about face tattoos. We've talked at length about Ben Affleck's back tattoo. Back tattoos appear to be kind of in right now, especially like giant back tattoos. Mm-hmm. And Cardi B unveiled this week that she has this absolutely massive rainbow back tattoo that she's been working on for several months. And it starts at the top of her right shoulder, goes all the way down her back, curves around under her left armpit, goes all the way down <laughs> her lower back, all the way over her left butt cheek, and then down her left thigh. And it's like yeah. this long trail of like flowers and butterflies and hummingbirds. So at first I was like, wow, that's an extremely huge back tattoo. But she does this video where she has like this close up of all the flowers and all the pictures, and it's actually lovely. So I have to say, it's very well done. She had a great artist, which is different from Ben Affleck's back tattoo. Um, Correct. It fits her vibe, it yeah. accentuates her body. And I have to say, Cardi B, if you have to get a giant rainbow back tattoo, uh, I think the spectrum kind of runs from don't do Ben Affleck's to like maybe you could consider something like what Cardi B has. Yeah, I think um, looking at this, the main concern that people have when they, especially when a tattoo goes over their butt, is like if your skin gets stretched out, if something becomes bigger or smaller, it kind of warps it. Luckily for Cardi B, she's already altered the body right. in ways where like it's kind of that Her final body's product. body's not going so anywhere. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I'm in favor of it. it it's beautiful, I suppose. Yeah. I, I pulled it up and I was like, okay, I'm going to make fun of this. And then as I was looking at it more, I was like, you know what? This is a work of art. It works for her. It kind of grows on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, she, sure. she, I like how she put it on the back rather than kind of looping it around on the front because then that that's where you get in trouble if you get pregnant or something. And you're like, true, oh, true. yikes. True. true. So she did a good job. Yeah. I don't want to move on to the next thing, but I suppose we have to. <laughs> Amelia, do you want to say what you need to say? Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm, I can see the pain on your face. Um, <laughs> so the other 
I guess, what would you say, like, week ago? Not even a week ago. It was just a few days ago. Um, Jimmy Fallon was trending because there's, like, this old SNL sketch that he's in blackface. It's not good at all. It's very embarrassing and just no, no, no. But there was a hashtag, of course, as there always is. It was um, the Jimmy Fallon is over party or whatever. Classic. Uh, you know, cancel. Uh, and but the weird thing is, is when you clicked on that hashtag, instead of people coming for Jimmy Fallon, just you know, as they should, um, it, it was actually people talking about Anakin Skywalker. So in in like the prequel movies of Star Wars, and how he's apparently very good at Gunnilingus. <laughs> Um, and I don't understand. I don't understand. I, so I tweeted out and I was like, I don't get, I hate you all people for doing this. And the Anakin Skywalker stands, who knew there were Anakin Skywalker stands? They absolutely came for me. They eviscerated me with these like clips of Anakin Skywalker set to Nicki Minaj music where she's talking about certain things that I will not say on this podcast. (laughs) I have a lot of questions. First of all, my main my main question was, who is running an Anakin Skywalker account in the year of our Lord, 2020 on Beyonce's internet? Like, the time it takes to upkeep that is just staggering. So I don't understand that. Second of all, where did the Anakin Skywalker joke come from? Right. Star Wars is not a sexual movie. Right. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm trying to think about what I want to say here, and I can't really think of something because none of it makes sense. It's wildly inappropriate. I can't believe that Anakin Skywalker stands came for Amelia. It was there. I literally have so many replies to this tweet, and they somehow found me, and they were just like, "Yeah, he's good at it." And so I was like, "Oh, oh, it's it's too much. It's too much. This internet's bad." Okay, let's move on. We actually have something much more fun coming up. This is Amelia's You Ought to Know category. Can't wait to dive into this. Amelia, you have the floor. What are you teaching us today? Well, you guys, I'm so excited to have you both here to talk about the Ashley Simpson lip sync scandal of 2004. Hell yeah. (laughs) You know? I'm honored to be present for this. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, so... I'm going to set the background a little bit. Ashley Simpson. She is the younger sister of Jessica Simpson. She has a show on MTV called The Ashley Simpson Show. She also has released um, an album called, I think, Autobiography. And there are some low-key bangers. Yes. Thank you. On this album. But she is branded as the edgier Simpson. You know, her sister has blonde hair. She's very all-American. Ashley Mm -hmm. Simpson is like, I dye my hair jet black. I use Sharpie to put on eyeliner. She was wearing those rocker skater chick clothing pieces. Kind of really like Avril Lavigne at the time. It was yes. like her, yeah. Exactly like that. Um, but anyway, so Pieces of Me became a huge hit and she was invited to perform on SNL in 2004. And so she goes on and it's Jude Law hosting who has not aged, let me tell you. Wow, <laughs> that great. is a handsome man. <laughs> Anyway, she so she sings the first song, which is Pieces of Me, and it went fine. It went great. She comes back to sing Autobiography, again, another low-key banger, and the track starts. But instead of Autobiography, it's Pieces of Me again, and she is singing it, <laughs> or, or it's the track is singing it, and she she's like, huh? 
She doesn't know what to do. And you can see the panic course its way throughout her entire body because she starts doing a sexy dance and then she changes and she does. She she drops this weird jig and she just starts <laughs> jigging for her life. <laughs> Meanwhile, her band, she's got like oh, yes. four or five guitarists oh, behind her, accompanying her. They're, they take two seconds, look around. Them being the true performers that they are, they start playing their fucking instruments <laughs> because they're good fucking professionals. <laughs> As she's doing this little Irish with her elbows coming up and her legs going every different way and her skinny jeans. They continue to play. You can take it back over, but I wanted to know no, and give a shout out to that band because you know they were more professional than her. That is so true. She like slings off. Kate, I hate to put you on the spot because I know you. it was painful for you to watch this video because you don't like really awkward moments. And this was, is there an even more awkward moment? Because I don't, it was painful. It was absolutely painful. And this is coming from someone who loves to watch painful stuff. <laughs> it took me several days to work up the courage to play on this video. That's not an exaggeration. Amelia pitched this, I think, on Tuesday. Yeah. We're now on Thursday. I did not watch it until a half hour before this podcast. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do it. And then I was like, no, I'm not. And then I was like, okay, here we go. And then I was like, nope, can't. So finally I watched it. Um, and it was as bad as I expected. What I didn't expect was the continued shot on the band. I, I was oh. like, okay, it's gonna be over when she leaves, but it's not over because the band is still playing. So it's like these poor guys who have like the bad, you know, like emo bangs, yeah. just like kind of laughing a little bit, like she just yes. ditched us here. Uh, it's awful. And you kind of wonder what's going on with like the musical director of SNL or the director kind of looking at what's happening on stage, not shutting off the lights, not cutting the music that was slated to play. It just, he just goes. I think they all just kind of sat in it, which sucks for Ashley Simpson because it wasn't over in 10 seconds. It had like full minute of (laughs) this whole thing. Audience is just sitting in it. Just oh. sitting in it. And it's so embarrassing. And then she comes back on at the end where they say like, goodbye, thanks for watching the show. And she's like, I feel so bad. My band started playing the wrong song and I didn't know what to do. So I thought I'd do a hoedown. She's just like, I, okay, all right. <sighs> we, we know, we know. And she later blames this whole fiasco on bad acid reflux, which, you know, I've never had, but I heard it's very painful. <laughs> um, and people... Essentially, they get they get very angry. Like her fans start turning on her. They're like, "You're a laughing stock. You can't actually sing. You are just talking about how you know you would never lip sync, and you're all about authenticity." And now you pull this. So that was unfortunate. And she actually ends up getting booed at the Orange Bowl later on, uh, which is yeah, a few months later. And then surprising fact that I actually did not learn until recently was that she was invited back on SNL a year later. And obviously no one ever talks about that. And it just, it it was a sad fiasco, but you know what? She's owned up to it since and she's grown as a person. She has grown as a person, but her career has not grown. Like this is really (laughs) stuck with her, her entire life since this moment happened. Like you can't really think of Ashley Simpson now without thinking of that moment. Right? That is true. I certainly can't now. <laughs> I'm scarred. You really can't. And it's it's sad. But, you know, apparently she did come back and she did like that. Do you guys remember Lala and stuff like yes. that? Okay. So, and like, Don't Steal My Boyfriend, that song. I mean, it's not yes. that actually. That's the, title, the other thing. This is no shade, but especially right before we're talking about Glee with like real musical voices, it's like maybe she did have bad acid reflux or if it was anything else, which is like 
you know, stage fright. She just wanted the track to go beneath her just to like have some confidence, whatever knew she was going to hit those notes. It's not like you need Barbara Streisand Ranch to sing Ashley Simpson songs. It's pretty, especially those two songs <laughs> she's going to sing. I know them quite well. I can sing them pretty much the same as Ashley Simpson. And you just wonder, like, was that worth? I mean, obviously it wasn't because it totally backfired, but like, yeah. how much fear must she have felt in order to do a backtrack on those songs? I know that is what's sad. And that's why, and I, you know, she's owned up to it since. And she was on Watch What Happens Live and she was like, oh, it's my fault completely. That was my fault. I had a vocal problem, blah, blah, blah. But mm. even though she's taking ownership and that's great, I, I, like you said earlier, I think a lot of the blame has to go to the sound guy who fucked it up. <laughs> Drag his name into the mud. That's true. That's true. That's actually true. You're right. He got away with murder. He, did. he tanked <laughs> Ashley Simpson's career. No one knows who he is. Where are you? Where are you? Director? Show yourself. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. That's that was the Ashley Simpson SNL fiasco. Thrilling. Kate, you survived that segment. I did. Congrats. Barely. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, we're going to move on to cringe mode, just equally as awful. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. While we're all stuck in our homes, it's important now more than ever to stay active and keep moving. Work out and even take classes in the comfort of your own home with Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand is the easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to over 1,300 super effective workouts. It's suited for anybody at any time. This is the company behind the most popular programs, including P90X, Insanity, and 21 Day Fix. Their new programs include Morning Meltdown 100 and 80 Day Obsession. You'll get motivated by celebrity super trainers you know, like Tony Horton, Joel Freeman, Jericho McMatthews, and Autumn Calabrese. No need to worry about finding the right fit for you. Beachbody On Demand has routines as short as 10 minutes that don't require extra equipment. And the hundreds of workouts available are effective for all fitness levels. So I've been using the three-week yoga retreat as kind of a morning practice now that I'm quarantined with my parents. And honestly, it's great. It's been such like a positive experience for me, not just in a physical sense, but also in a mindfulness kind of respect too. And I absolutely love it. It's really easy to do, but it's also, I can feel the results as well. Right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text tea time to 303030. You'll get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutrition information, and support. Totally free. Again, just text Tea Time to 303030. This episode of Tea Time is brought to you by Best Fiends. If you're looking for a fun way to pass the time while engaging your brain and enjoying breathtaking visuals and a gripping story, your answer is Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a casual game anyone can play. I've had Best Fiends on my iPhone for a couple weeks now, originally for this podcast, and I've just become really, really obsessed with it. Um, it's super fun. It's like this puzzle game. You know, you match these different fruits and your bugs like fight all these slugs. And I truly am on uh, well into the 200s of this game. Uh, it's getting really hard, but it's still really fun. And yeah, I just have been playing this way more than I ever expected. Uh, so I highly recommend 
Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience, unlike other puzzle games out there. Plus, they update the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. It also doesn't require internet to play, so you don't need to worry about Wi-Fi access or using cell data. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. All right, back at it. Even worse than the previous category. This is cringe mode, and we're revisiting the Glee pilot. So, Kate, I feel like you tried your hardest to keep us on this one episode. I went really off the rails, just started revisiting the entire Glee um, universe. So you can start and kind of guide us through each one of these things. We're going to start with the highlights. Why don't you go ahead? Yes. So the reason we're doing this, obviously, we finished Cringe Mode Twilight. We are trying to, you know, figure out new cringy things that we also enjoy. And I saw on Twitter that this week is 11 years since the premiere of Glee, since the Glee pilot aired. So I was like, perfect. Like nothing is more cringy yet entertaining than Glee. And so we all rewatched the first episode and then we all just dove into an absolute black hole of YouTube Glee covers that we will get to in a moment. We'll get to that at the end. But I want to start with some highlights of this episode, which was truly iconic. It was formative for me in my high school experience. Uh, I was in choir when this episode aired I think it was my freshman year. So it was a show choir element still. I hadn't like graduated that yet. They still like forced us into the show choir freshman year. And the journey cover from the pilot of Glee was like a phenomenon. It was everywhere. Yeah. It was. And they also knew that they had struck gold because they have sung that journey cover, Don't Stop Believing, like six other times throughout the seasons. So they hit that one song. They're like, oh, yeah, this is it. And then they kept fucking doing it like every other season. <laughs> they did. But yeah, that's my main highlight, too, is just the performances. It starts strong with this journey cover, but then eventually just gets just so entertaining. The mashups that followed like later that season and even in the like one, two, three, four, five seasons is just the actual highlight of this entire franchise. And there was a lot of bad stuff with the show, but (laughs) focusing on the good for now, for sure, the performances and the musical ability of these people. Right. And I remember like, I mean, obviously now we revisit them on like YouTube or whatever. And we're like, oh, this one was so good. But like, sometimes like when they did these songs, especially Don't Stop Believing, like this song, Don't Stop Believing on its own. And also the cover was like a legitimate radio hit. Like it was like played on the radio. I remember it was on like my volleyball warm up CD. Like (laughs) in like the whole gym would be like, yeah. Like maybe that was just my Indiana high school experience. But like maybe I like this was like a huge people were doing flash mobs to this. It was like a huge thing. You know what? Also, I want to give a shout out to Rachel Berry, a.k.a. Leah Michelle, who we still sometimes talk about on Tea Time. So shout out to her all these years later. She still got it. But Rachel Berry in the pilot, early YouTuber, but it's on MySpace. She's <laughs> uploading these videos of her singing almost like live on MySpace. And then also early cyberbully because the whole point is that she's this loser and the whole cheer team, football team, everyone like hates her because she's a tryhard. And they're like spamming her MySpace account with all these horrific comments that she has to overcome. And she does. But yeah, just early signs of like, hey guys, it's me going to sing a little song, you know, which now is so prominent all over YouTube and Instagram. It's true. She paved the way. Amelia, what's your highlight? 
Yeah, you know, I love the music too. It's really good. Um, but I also really respected the, and Ryan Murphy seems to do this a lot with his show, so kudos to him, is that he is really into bringing diversity to television. And I think that's awesome. I mean, I, you know, grew up not having a bunch of people who looked like me on TV. So it was cool to see just like, there were people of like so many different races and they all got screen time. And it was also showcasing different, you know, I guess, clips in high school and stuff. And I just thought that was really cool and like such a great idea. And it's kind of crazy that that hadn't necessarily been done for like a teen show. I think you're absolutely right. And it kind of brings you to the next category, which is like what's aged the worst. And there is, and I've read a lot about this. um, It's just kind of like the tokenism that Klee had. And it was like, it was this main slew of white actors. And then like the secondary cast, which you don't know a whole lot about is like the minority characters. Like, the white, like the white main characters were on the cover of Rolling Stone and no one else was. And they kind of focused a lot on the backstories of like four or five people. And then there are also some like problematic storylines as time goes on, but you're absolutely right. Like this wasn't done a lot. And also like everyone had the, like who was the dancer, the really amazing dancer? Um, oh, that right. Aging- what, was it Harry Shum? Harry Shum Jr. Yes. Anyway, yes, there are characters like that where they had a lot of great screen time. But yeah, there's a, there's some problematic themes through the no, show, I, I would I say. totally agree with you. It, I think it did, especially when it, like you said, when they got like so big and when it became huge and then it was kind of like, these are like kind of token typecast characters in a way that, yeah. you know, is kind of like, oh, it's too bad. It had to be like that. Yeah. And also, I think just like the the controversial like humor that Glee had, which worked sometimes and was part of what made it so entertaining and like made people talk about it constantly, but also was like, okay, this is a show for high schoolers. So there are Mm -hmm. some things looking back, even just in the pilot that I was like, holy shit. Or first of all, Mr. Schuster, who is the worst character in Glee history. He's horrible. (laughs) He's a horrible teacher. He's selfish. He's (laughs) awful. Anyway, in the pilot episode, he plants marijuana in Finn's locker to force him to join the Glee Club. And that's, that's just up. like, he's the protagonist of our show. Correct. Um, so that did not age well. Also, I did not realize this until very recently. The name of the Glee Club is the New Directions. And apparently this is a purposeful joke where it's supposed to sound like nude erections. Did anyone know this at the time? No. Where the hell did you get that info, though? The internet. Where did you read that? The Is internet. that true? Yes. Liz <laughs> <laughs> was Kelly is speechless. I was like, uh, but of course it was. They were all about like that bullshit, like really iffy humor where it's like, is this a high school show? That is weird. I'm still so, so naive to this day. I'm like, there's no way that was intentional. No, yeah, but was. yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So, that didn't age great. <laughs> Amelia, oh, other things that didn't age oh, great? No, I'm sorry. Um, well, honestly, maybe it's just me and my high school, but I feel like the Glee Club, well, we didn't really have a Glee Club, but we did have sh- like elements of show a show choir. choir. Yeah, it was, it was um, everyone that did it was kind of an overachiever. And, you know, it was kind of part of the, yeah, I play sports. Yeah, I did really well on my college exams. Yeah, I'm good at singing too. And I can play guitar. So (laughs) like to me, at least, it didn't really ring true in that respect. And it was kind of like, again, with kind of like the typecasting and like 
stereotypical this is high school which is like okay ryan murphy you haven't been to high school in like 20 years so calm that's down. true i feel like that was the tail end of like the jocks being the cool people and the actual talented kids smart kids not because you're absolutely right my high school too was filled with rachel berries they're now extremely <laughs> successful um yeah yours was like <laughs> Good for you. Um, but yeah, this by no means are people getting like pied in the face like the Glee kids were. Like, right. like none and of that was I guess, too much. I guess like as someone that was like, I guess Indiana high school is maybe more, less Rachel Berry's than Liz's LA high school. But <laughs> yeah, the, even at my high school, it was like the, the show choir. We first of all, we had a huge music program, but like the show choir was cool. Like, and yeah. like, yeah. it wasn't cool necessarily, but you're right. All the kids that were in it got good grades, played sports. It was like all the like, Overachievers, like you said. So yeah, the Glee Club wasn't something that you got slushied in the face for. Right. It reminds me <laughs> of the remake of 21 Jump Street where Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill go back yes. to high school and like the kids are like who are in the plays are really cool and care about the environment and it's yeah. like you can't be homophobic and all these different things. So yeah, yeah. that definitely is not the same, especially in 2020. <laughs> okay, MVP. Are we doing MVP of the pilot? Is that what this is or of the show? Whatever, both. Okay, okay, go ahead. I wanted to shout out Corey Monteith because I remember when I first watched the show, I was like, he's not that good of a singer, you know, <laughs> and everyone is so good that it stands out. And especially in the pilot where they're like, I need this incredible male star who can stand next to Rachel Berry and like be that good. And I remember being like, he's not that good. But when I rewatched the pilot, he's so charming. And he, he has is. this like earnest, awkward energy where like he's just super, super likable kind of in this jock, dumb, like yes. role. And I remember, like, all I could think about it when I first watched it, I was like, he's not that good. He's not that good of a singer. But when I was watching the pilot, he's just so likable. He's just really great. I thought he he's was so, so good. charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Amelia, who's your MVP? Well, she wasn't in the pilot a bunch, but I just feel like when you see Sue Sylvester, when you see Jane Lynch, you just know she's going to be a star. You're like, that lady <laughs> has it. Like, she's funny. She's iconic. We stand. Love the jumpsuit. Like, let's do it. Yeah. She was the phenomenon, too. Like, her, yeah, yeah, she was. her like, one-liners. She was, like, one of the more, you know, you think of, like, iconic TV villains. And this like, also was, like, got messed up as the show got went yes. on. And it was like, mm-hmm. okay, you should have written her off three seasons ago <laughs> before mm-hmm. she, like, was over whatever. But, yeah, at the, this pilot episode especially, she's hilarious. Yeah, she is. So good. Um, mine is obviously a given, but you have to say it. MVP of that pilot and of the entire series is Leah Michelle, who plays Rachel yep. Berry. Yeah. Her vocals, I completely forgot until we went Ooh. on this black hole on YouTube. Actually unbelievable, the talent that that girl has. And this was like the role for her. This, there's no better role made for a character than like Leah Michelle playing Rachel Berry. So that goes without saying. I also, uh, this is so random, but it just shows Glee like permeated my brain and never left it because <laughs> Matthew Morrison in 2011, this is something I still remember like, like to this day, 2011, he's on the cover of Details Magazine. Okay, Whoa. picture that. He's shirtless. He's got like an eight pack of abs. Okay. Because at the time, he's like, everyone was trying to sell him as like a hunk, which like, okay, we were messed up at the time, but like, sure. I don't know how people bought into that. Anyway, he's on the cover of Details Magazine. He said his diet this is 2011, okay? It says his diet leading up to a photo shoot is to only eat sweet potatoes for three days because the sweet potatoes enter your body, suck out all the water, and like make you really <laughs> ripped. This caused my brain at the time of rating this to kind of fixate. And like I went through a big sweet potato phase because Matthew Morrison told me that it would give me a six pack, okay? And now still to this day, whenever I see sweet potatoes, I think of Matthew Morrison. 
This is all these years later. (laughs) What a journey you went on. I know. The show really just just went straight to my brain and to my heart. That is amazing. We uh, Okay. We went on a real trip today uh, in Slack. <laughs> Poor Kaya was like doing something else and came back to like literally 100 messages. Uh, and it really, we pivoted from cringe mode glee is terrible to cringe mode glee is maybe iconic and incredible. <laughs> yes. Um, so I wanted, I asked at the end of this segment for us to put our all-time favorite glee covers because I know that we all are like huge nerds and regularly watch glee covers on YouTube. And it turned into just an endless discussion. We've picked some favorites. I highly recommend falling into a Glee YouTube hole. It's a great use of your time. Agreed. I would say my my all-time favorite Glee cover, maybe I just like thought it was really iconic, was the cover that Darren Chris did of Teenage Dream when his character is introduced for the first time. And Kurt is like at this boys' school and he like walks into this common room and they just start singing this like all male acapella version of Teenage Dream. And I just remember being like, Darren Chris, like you're the new Leah Michelle <laughs> of the show. He's great. He is great. Okay, Amelia, what's yours? Uh, that one was iconic. And I would have to say, for some reason, it has always stuck in my mind, just like the dance moves, the Corey Monty front and center, the it's my life slash like confessions usher cover. I don't know why, but goddamn, that's a good one. It's so good. I was saying this on Slack, but I can't, I still can't sing It's My Life or Confessions without <laughs> without them crossing into each other. Yeah. I loved this one too. The mashups on the show are actually incredible. I want to yes. see, I want to know like an entire oral history of how they put these songs together. And that's yes. what made them so good. Kate and I were saying on Slack today that I spent so much money on iTunes <laughs> buying these fucking mashups. Now I feel like I would like paste a link and I would just download it for free or whatever. But I spent my parents' good hard-earned money on Glee <laughs> mashups that now exist nowhere. It's embarrassing. <laughs> um, my all-time favorite Glee cover, uh, again, so specific, but it's Don't Rain on My Parade by Leah Michelle slash Rachel Berry. This is the end of season one. They're at sectionals. It's like really important, high stakes. And you should watch all of these YouTube videos, but this one in particular shows Leah Michelle's vocals so well and how much of like a Broadway star mm. yes. she is, was meant to be both on the show and off. Um She is such a theatrical powerhouse. Her vocals are insane. The whole point was like, she loves Barbara Streisand through the whole show. And this was a Barbara Streisand song. So anyway, watch all of these. And then just really quick shout out. I'm sorry. Have to do it. Gwyneth Paltrow was like a brief character came in and out of Glee. She sang, do you want to touch me? And I would recommend that on YouTube as well. Everything Gwyneth Paltrow did on Glee, you just got to watch. It's you do. Inspiring. You really do. I don't know how we keep talking about Glee because we I I want to keep talking about Glee on Cringe Mode, but it's too much to go episode by episode. Yeah. So we'll brainstorm a little bit and get back we'll to find you guys a way. on that. Yes. All right. Last category is unanswerable questions. Amelia, go ahead. Okay. Well, you know, I know you guys aren't really gamers, and I guess I wasn't a gamer until I got Animal Crossing, which (laughs) is my life now. I check it constantly. I have like a little island. I build homes for these little animals that come to my island. I'm obsessed, to put it lightly. And I guess now they're doing celebrity. the people that they tweeted out on like IGN were people I've never heard of. So they're probably like YouTube stars or something. 
but they're doing celebrity Animal Crossing tours in June, I guess. But also, Animal Crossing has been mentioned by people like Lil Nas X, Chrissy Teigen, Brie Larson. And I was just wondering if you could have one celebrity join Animal Crossing and you could visit their island, who would it be? And I know you guys haven't played, but just as a reminder, Lil Nas X, Chrissy Teigen, also Guy Fieri has a little oh island. God. Danny Trejo has a little island. <laughs> just like, what little would you love to see in like a little, you know, Nintendo character form? I mean, I was going to say Lil Nas X before you said Guy Fieri, and I know Liz <laughs> is just chomping at the bit now. Yes, Guy Fieri looks like a little Nintendo character, so I want to see that. <laughs> Actually animated. He fits the vibe. He doesn't feel like he's a real life human being. 100% Guy Fieri. <laughs> Perfect answer. There's no better answer than that. No. Okay. Uh, next one. Next question. Okay. This was life changing for me personally. Uh, this week, a Photoshop picture of Elizabeth Debicki, who was in uh, The Man from Uncle. She's going to be in the new Tenet movie. Um, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's just like one of those actors that I like, and I know nobody else on this podcast likes. However, She's like 6'3", my tall queen. She (laughs) has been quarantined with Michelle Rodriguez. Wild. Uh, And when this Photoshop picture of her went on Twitter, people started talking about her. These pictures came out where she's been, you know, biking, going to the grocery store with Michelle Rodriguez. Obviously, of they were in Widows together. Michelle Rodriguez is in The Fast and the Furious. And people are like, they've been dating for over a year. And I was like, how did I not know this? Wow. This is huge. So apparently... This is still like rumored, hasn't been confirmed, but apparently Elizabeth Debicki broke up with her boyfriend about a year ago, has been living apparently, or at least dating Michelle Rodriguez since. And I just want to give a shout out to Michelle Rodriguez's dating history because this is big for me personally. But Michelle Rodriguez, who's gone on the record as saying that she can't be in a relationship for over six months. These are the people that she has dumped or been dumped by in the span of six months. Zac Efron, Cara Delevingne, Lenny Kravitz, Colin Farrell, Supposedly Vin Diesel, but I feel like that's just like a co- like a coworker rumor. And then like four other blonde models. Zach Efron. Yes, you don't remember the pictures of them riding horses together? Uh, you know I don't, but I'll <laughs> revisit that. Oh my god, good for her. Honestly, yes, I know. I'm impressed. She's kind of. I think she's like a garbage person, but she <laughs> obviously oh, really? has something. She has something going for her. So. <laughs> Do you Good remember her, her um, when she and Kara went to like a Knicks game or something mm-hmm. and they were just drunk off their asses? There are photos that we'll tweet out. It, they're a very great, iconic. <laughs> she and Cara Delevingne, they were like making out on a yacht. Yeah. They had a really good, really good public run together. Yes. How did I not know you guys have been following Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> so closely over the years? How has she never come up? She has a fascinating dating history. Wow. Wow, wow. Okay. Lastly, this is my question. Much more boring, honestly, but it deserves to be talked about. What does Reese Witherspoon know about romaine lettuce that the rest of the world doesn't? And I ask this because she went on her Instagram this week talking about her famous smoothie that she has been drinking for almost a decade, okay? And Reese Witherspoon is known for being like timeless beauty. Obviously, she's had a little mm-hmm. help maybe, but she's just <laughs> Don't looks say that, great. they'll sue you. <laughs> I know, looks great. She's whatever. She has endless energy. And this is her morning smoothie, okay? Here are the ingredients. Two heads of romaine lettuce, a half a cup of spinach, half cup coconut water, one banana, one pear, and one peeled lemon with the seeds. Huh. So my questions are, one, (laughs) 
where is the kale? Why have we been lied to about kale for all these years? I've been eating kale consistently, thinking it's doing something good to me somewhere. And if Reese Witherspoon isn't consuming it every single day and she's eating romaine, do you know how much better romaine lettuce is than kale? You do. You are a constant kale person. I don't think I've ever seen you eat romaine. shoving kale down my throat since I was a teenager. Little did I know the crunchy goodness of romaine could have been just as good. Okay, that's one huge problem. Two, again, what is it with pears? I've never heard of all the good fruits for you with the antioxidants and the blueberries and the this and the that. Pears have literally never come up. So why are we keeping these secrets? I don't know. And then a peeled lemon with the seeds in is so chaotic. It makes me kind of (laughs) nauseous. But yeah, this is her like goody two-shoes. Carrie Washington actually told Reese about this. It's from a nutritionist. Um, but yeah, Carrie Washington's been drinking it. She's got great glowing skin. What's happening, you guys? Romaine, romaine lettuce is just water. I was just going to say, it's, it's I, water. That makes no sense. And pears are a bullshit fruit. Where's the spirulina? <laughs> where's the E7, yes. whatever it is? Like, yes. where are these things that we have been sell, like sold by for years by the media? I don't know. Great question. Know big lettuce you. lying to us. I need answers <laughs> about romaine. If you guys have nutritional info on romaine lettuce, please tweet us. I'm not joking. Okay. Anyway, I guess we'll end there. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Kaya. As always, our producer, I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. 